Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast with your host, Pastor Andy Addis. You plant the seeds in the ground, though the fields have long been brown. But Lord, when will your harvest come in? You're giving all you've got to give in the place where you've been sent. But will this labor make much difference in the end? Will no one ever know? Sometimes you feel so all alone. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. To that church on the corner of that forgotten little town With a room of empty peers where his love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you sow But it just takes one willing soul to make him willing soul. We are here with a couple willing souls today. I'm going to make some introductions. We have a new friend group that we want to introduce you to here at the Rural Pastor Podcast. And if it sounds a little different, we got some hustle and bustle in the background. We've done the best that we can, but we are recording at a a conference, the National Replant Summit from the North American Mission Board. And uh, this is an awesome opportunity to meet some guys uh, and and some families who are doing this ministry day in and day out and, and do some great encouragement. And today we're going to introduce you to somebody. Before we do that, if you're new to the Rural Pastor Podcast, this is where we want to pour into, partner with, and pat on the back that rural pastor, because what you're doing is so important. And today, uh, I want to introduce you again to uh, a name. I keep withholding it, because we're going to give it in just a second. But the National Replant Pastor of the Year. Uh, I know that that you say, is is that a thing? It is a thing. Uh, The North American Mission Board picks every year someone. And what's great is we're not looking for somebody who is going to grow a church from zero to a thousand overnight. Uh, I know the world likes to applaud that. We want to talk about the reality of ministry, those who are faithful, enduring, and helping churches that were dying find new life in Jesus' name. And there are some values associated with that. And today, we have with us this year's National Replant Pastor of the Year, Ryan Durham. How you doing, Ryan? I'm good. How are you? Really, really good. And you your wife, Brandy, with you as well from Loop City, Nebraska. Br- Brandy, are, are you just excited to be here today? Absolutely. This is great. It's been so much fun. Um, as we get started today, uh, help me out by defining, uh, for, before Loop City, before any of that, what does it mean to replant? Man, to replant really for me is to, to go into a broken and dying church and see um, the Lord's people there and just love them um, with the gospel and, and, and lead them to love, fall in love with Christ again and, and to raise that church back to life through God's power um, as, as a picture of the gospel, not just to those faithful souls, but to the entire community. I, I love it. There are probably some guys out there who are replanting and don't even know they're replanting. 
right now by, oh, by you know, they're, they're just in that hard work and doing what needs to be done, but, but don't even realize that there's a label for it. Cause there's revitalization. There's just hard church work, but replanting, I, I always joke and you tell me if this is right or not. I think planting is hard cause it's like giving birth, but replanting is harder cause it's like raising the dead. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite verses for replanting is actually in Ezekiel, right? Can these dry bones live? Oh, there you go. You know, and so, yeah, what you just said, I, I, I would agree with that analogy completely because you are, you're raising a church back from, from, from the, at least the edge of the grave, if not in it. Well, I want to talk a little bit about uh, married life in a replant scenario here in just a second, but give us a little background. Ryan Brandy, tell us a little bit about where you're from and a little bit about the church. Well, I'm originally um, from Texas. Um, Brandy's originally from Colorado, and um, so I guess that kind of answers that. Um, We we actually met um, several years ago online, to be honest, and so everybody always asks how we met. We met online, um, which is kind of a weird thing, but I was driving truck um, all over the country, and um, so we met, um, and then we were led um, through that um, as we were searching for a a home church together. And so we were led to Calvary um, in Inglewood, Colorado, where we uh, became members at um, that church there, which little did we know was um, kind of the mother church of the CFC. Um, and now the so, CFC is? Uh, CFC is the Calvary family of churches. And really our heart and purpose that we have, oh gosh, I'm going to misquote the number now, so I apologize to everybody, but I believe it's 33, um, church, 31, excuse me, 31 Yeah, I think churches. that's the number we heard last night, 31. So, yeah, 31 churches that have been, autonomous churches that have been replanted and planted um, through Calvary. Um, and, and I say through Calvary, but it's really just the Lord doing the work, and it's so amazing. Um, and it was his providence, really, that brought us there. But there's some with. training and there's some fellowship yeah. in a network like that that makes it possible. Yeah, the, the, the fellowship, the cohorts, the internship... It, it's so invaluable, um, and I would say to anybody that's even contemplating um, going into replanting um, and even planting, I think you need that fellowship um, and you need that mentorship. You, the wisdom we stand out. We have got the greatest generation or the greatest opportunity in this generation, I think, as leaders, especially in the church. You know, we we use the phrase all the time: we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Amen. But. Do we really believe that and use the wisdom that we have at our disposal? I, th- I think that's fantastic. And talking about the the network and the strength and, and how you've uh, done what you've done. Before you tell us about the church, Brandy, can you tell us a little bit about Loop City? What, what yeah. do we know about it? It's a little town in Nebraska, right? Absolutely. Loop City, we're sitting right under 1,000 um, people. There's three to 5,000 people in the county. And it's just a real small um very big Polish community. Mm. Um, so they have a lot of Polish activities um, for the community. And um, yeah, just real small out in the middle of a uh, community of farmers and ranchers just out in the middle of Nebraska. So. Yeah, and when, uh, you know, I'm from Kansas, and so they said, why don't you get in touch with Ryan? And I'm like, okay, that is a 10-hour round trip, because <laughs> you guys are out there. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, but, but I love that, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what you're doing in the community proper, sure. but tell us about the church before we get into this. So the, the church um, is actually part of a church split originally, um, and so it was planted um, out, out of the other church um, originally in 1984. Um, and the original name of the church was Gr- Gr- excuse me, Grace Bible Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really um, 
just like any other church, I think in, in, in church history, right? It, it had some great times. Um, and it had some not so great times mm. um, and some really faithful pastors. And actually, that's one of the things that I love about that church's story is how faithful the members who planted that church originally and even the, the original pastor of that church, just how faithful they were. Um, and how many people even now look back on that group of believers and just go, man, they truly believed what they read in scripture and they lived it. Um, and they, that still echoes and ripples across that community. Um, they don't know if the church still believes that now. And so that's kind of one of the things that we have to do is, is go and live our faith and love them um, enough to show them that, yes, we do. Um, so that hopefully in 20 years, they can say the same thing about us. Man, I love that. That generational feel of, of what God has done over a long period of time. Uh, just so you know, in the show notes for uh, this podcast, you're going to be able to find two links, one for a short form and a long form video, uh, an interview with Ryan that will give you a lot more of that history. And we'd love for you to be able to tap into that. But for the purpose of this podcast and just encouraging these guys, let me, let me make a little bit of a summary statement here. You are a bivocational late in career starting pastor in a small town, uh, not a thriving economy, in a church that is what we would consider normative or the rest of the world would say small, uh, <laughs> but a, a product of a split. Everything about this story is what our, what, what Rural Pastor Podcast listeners are going through. I mean, there, there's points of identification again and again and again. And so as uh, as we talked to you earlier, uh, I heard you say this, and I'd like you to elaborate on it. If you're going to do replant work, they tell you to pray. And what you said you should do is pray, pray some more, pray some more and then pray some more. Tell me, tell me why that's your advice. Um, because nothing that you think you know is actually true. <laughs> um, the, the, the reality is, is like, um, I, I have spent, and I can only really speak for myself, but, but Brandy and I, we have spent a lot of time over the years preparing and praying mm. to go into a replant and to replant and um, notes and notes and dreams and prayers. But then when you actually start doing the work, it's nothing like you imagine it being. And things are always taking me by surprise. Um, maybe there's some guys that are better prepared. I'll be honest, but you know, you, it's kind of like I bought a truck and it's got 15 problems, right? And I know it's got those 15 problems and I can address those over time. We'll be fine. What I didn't realize is there's 30 more that I didn't even mm. see coming. Um, and some of these, some of the things that we have to work on and fix in the church, quite frankly, um, are hard and difficult. And, um, causes a little bit of contention mm -hmm. um, between especially the legacy members as you're just, just trying to come in and love on them well, um, but they're still trying to figure out even how to trust you. And so that for me was hard, um, honestly. And I knew it. I knew it was coming, but I, I just realized early on that the only thing I could do was just lean into the Lord's love and his grace because I couldn't save these people. I couldn't fix this church. Mm. Um, it's his church. He loves them more than I ever did. He died for them. Um, and so at, in the beginning, I was just like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. It was very quickly I realized, no, no, I can't. Um, and I had to go to my knees because if I didn't go to my knees, we wouldn't be there right now. Amen and amen. Now, Brandy, as a uh, as a wife and a replanter uh, yourself, because you're in this just as much as he is, uh, how, how does a marriage 
survive the stresses of replanting? What have you What have you learned in your years of doing this? What What are you seeing right now? What advice could you give uh, a couple? for doing the work of replanting together? Yeah, I think my biggest advice is just communication. You just have to talk about all of the things that you're experiencing, your feelings, um, because there are a lot of new things coming at you, um, especially in my marriage that I hadn't, you know, had to face before. Um, and so just, just communication and going to the Lord together and just really doing it together, joined. You know, um, so when you when you walk through this, you really see this as we're we're a couple who's doing this, 100%. And, yeah. and, and you have to have that strength. So Ryan, do, are there times that you try and shelter her from things, or is it that you have to be a team on everything? I want to shelter her from things, <laughs> um, but as a lot of these, a lot of the listeners will know, so I, sometimes we just can't. Sometimes we just can't. And honestly, I depend on her so much. Mm. Um, one of the things that I have to say about all of this, right, is like this isn't my award. Um, this is our award, and I don't. Amen. And when I say our, I don't just mean her. I mean I do include her in that, but our daughter, and even the congregation, um, just buying in and trusting and following the lead. But um, as far as sheltering her, yeah, like I depend on her so much, not just during the week um, to keep our house running with me being bivo and trying to do everything with the church. Um, that needs to be done. And she is so understanding of that. But on Sunday mornings, she is my crutch. Absolute crutch. Um, from everything from is the coffee made to <laughs> where's my Bible. Um, you know? And so, and sometimes that's because she moved it. Um, <laughs> uh, don't go there. You were doing so well. You were doing so well. <laughs> Say, my wife keeps a cartoon on the fridge, and the cartoon uh, is a woman talking to her mom, obviously, on the phone. She goes, sorry, Mom, I have to go. The man who spiritually leads 100 people can't find his socks. Yes, that's relatable. That's relatable. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely a team effort. Um, just either one of you respond to this. As a married couple, what has Replant done for your marriage? I think for me personally, it has drawn us together um, closer because when um, issues do arise in the church and, you know, we're, we're not currently living in Loop City. And so we haven't, you know, the word, we're, about a year we're out each other's, there, right? we are yeah. about a year out from moving, um, just being each other's best friends and just trying to tackle those things together and try to come to a mutual understanding and, and whatnot. So I think just really going before the Lord together and, and just trusting him, mm. you know. To... So the prayer and the walking through the tough stuff together and the communication Absolutely. are actually, I mean, where, where that normally you might think there's some stresses, that actually can help bond you together yes. as well as a couple. Mm -hmm. And I would say that. I would say our communication is so much better now than it was a year ago. Um, and I'm not trying to say that it was horrible a year ago, but out of necessity, right? And they say that all the time, right? Necessity is the mother of invention, or mm -hmm. I think that's you the right. Um, the out of necessity, we really started having to communicate more. So I think a lot of it too is we are going to the Lord together um, for some of the the folks in Loop, Loop City and mm -hmm. the church and the community, and we're just on our knees together, 
you know, for that person or that situation mm. and whatnot. And so it's, it's definitely drawn us closer. Yeah, if both of your hearts are breaking for the same thing and you're heading in the right direction, th- there's nothing that brings a team together like a common enemy, Absolutely. right? And, and so for a replanting couple, the enemy is the devil and the, the holy hands over that city. And for, for you guys to hold arms and to hit your knees together, I mean, it's not exactly a marriage counseling <laughs> tactic or a, or a strengthening device, but, but obviously, if, if you're doing it together for the common purpose and you're seeing the common enemies, it's just exciting. So let, let's talk a little bit, not that Loop City is the enemy, but I want to talk about, let's, <laughs> yes, let's go. I want to go back to um, a, a little bit of the ministry side. You guys have done a great job of reaching out to the community, but talk about your vocational transition because you were an over-the-road truck driver, but now you're doing something really unique. Go ahead and share that with us. Yeah, so I took a job uh, two months ago in June. I took a job actually working for the city. Um, on on their public transportation department, um, essentially. And so um, it's really for anybody. Anybody can use that service, um, but it's normally and typically used for some of our older and disabled Mm -hmm. um, population, and it's to get them to doctor appointments in some of the bigger cities um, across the state. And so, man, that has just been a a tremendous blessing um, because, like you said, driving truck, you're in a truck, 60 70 80 hours for the week and then you're trying to figure out how to get into the community outside of that um and it was just so hard and now all day i'm in the office um with people coming in and out and then if i'm not in the office i'm in a vehicle with somebody for an hour or two hours and some of the conversations that have been born out of that have just been super super incredible well man i love that because what that does is it's putting you on the job even when you're not on the job yeah Right. Yeah. And that was the prayer. That was the hope. And the Lord's certainly using it. Uh, I think that's fantastic. So uh, let's just put yourself, uh, you're, you're really only three years into replanting. Is that right? One year. You're one year into replanting, but, but you've, uh, you, you you went to um, Calvary, what, two, three years ago? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So you've been a part of the, the culture of this for a while. 2015 was when we started at Calvary. Okay. So in that time, um, and, and, and as you've grown, um, what do you think you would tell somebody or the old you, you know, from what, 2015, from eight years ago, what would you tell them, uh, or, or a new you in that spot to say, here's, here's your first and biggest obstacle, or here's something that you're going to need to overcome. Don't worry about this up front. Trust the Lord in this. What advice would you give? I think that primarily I would say, trust the Lord to provide everything that you are going to need. Mm. And you are going to be faced with difficult decisions. Um, and there's no denying that the, the decisions are difficult on the surface. But when you separate your fear from it and compare that to my trust in the Lord mm-hmm. and for him to provide for his people and for his kingdom um, and just lean into that. Um, and when you do lean into that, the way that the Lord provides is incredible. And um, the Lord promises that his word will not return void. And I I would challenge anybody to show me a promise he hasn't kept yet. Amen. So, you know, in that, let me let me flip that. I always one of my personal practices. If somebody says do this, then what is the opposite of that? I think there's a danger, and I've I've experienced it personally. I wonder if you have 
of sometimes being so invested in the work that you forget God's still working on you. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that, that, that trust for him for the ministry is actually that personal walk that you have. That if you get too invested in the work, you can miss the fact that God's working in you, and that's where you learn to trust him. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. And even the job change that we just talked about ha- has been part of that for me. And I think for us, um, because that's been kind of a consistent theme for us as we've stepped into ministry, is a consistent pay cut <laughs> kind of along the way. I mean, one of the guys at the church, one of our legacy members, asked me early on, before they had even voted to replant, um, if this was just a temporary stop for us, if we were just trying mm-hmm. to build our resume so that we could go on and have a, a career somewhere else later. And I was like, um, listen, brother, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling called here. This isn't mm-hmm. a career choice. I'm mm-hmm. giving up mm-hmm. a career to come and serve. And um, So just having that mentality. Yeah, that sacrificial mindset. One of my, uh, one of my, I guess, pickup lines for new location pastors in our network is this, how would you like to work twice the hours for half the money? There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's worth it. Well, to, and why? You, I've heard you say that a couple times. Why is it worth it? Listen, when you see people's lives changed, and the only explanation for the change in their lives is the power of Christ in them, there is nothing better. Mm. There's nothing better. And I see that on a nearly daily basis. Um, and, and I know there will maybe come a time that maybe I don't get to see that as often. Mm. Um, but I'm holding on to it right now, you know, and I'm cel- I'm trying to celebrate every victory. The little notes, uh, I've got a note from a little girl in our church mm. um, that just says thank you for coming and bringing our church back to life. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and I mentioned this in the video too, right? I, I didn't do that. Amen. But, but she sees that. There's people coming into the church and saying, hey, can you pray for me that a year ago wouldn't have asked anybody to pray with them. Um, watching a young man in our, in our church lead Sunday school who a year ago wouldn't have spoke in Sunday school. Um, we celebrated our first baptism two weeks ago. Amen. Um, and That's it's so just, cool. you know, so just watching the Lord work and then just getting, it's almost like taking a step back sometimes. It's like, wow, the Lord's using me to do this in people. And it's so humbling. Mm. Um, and I, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. You know, one of the things that the contemporary church culture is just always been infatuated with is nickels and noses, right? We're going to count how much money's coming in and how many people are sitting in the seats. But in rural ministry and in um, replant ministry, the the winds are different. Uh, and you mentioned just some of that as you were talking about this, that, that, that these are the winds. How do you learn... Um, in your and one of the reasons that you are the replanter of the year for us because you're you're exemplifying that model of not getting caught up in that that stupidity of the Christian culture to be to, but but to value what is valuable to do what needs to be done and in that right place how do you fight against a, a, a church culture where every book and every blog is about bigger faster better what what do you do to just keep your nose to the grindstone and and do the the good hard work that God's asked you to do. For me, it's remembering, first of all, that the Lord didn't send me to build his church. Um, just like he told Peter, he said, I will build my church. 
Um, and we have to fight that even in Loop City with Loop City people. Like, like, listen, across the street from our church, they have a, a, a lot of land that they have bought to build a church on. Um, and they ask me all the time, well, when is the church going to grow? When is the church going to grow so we can build this church? Build this church. And I was like, well, why don't we build a church? Before we and, build, and a we'll building. build a building. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's some good theology there, Pastor. But, um, oh, gosh, I just forgot what I was going to say. But um, that's really, for me, and this is what I've always said to them, the church is growing. And my priority, my hope, my prayer is that we grow in depth and devotion to the Lord and to his word. And when we do that and we love and we serve each other well, the Lord will draw his people to that. It'll come. Let's just wait on the Lord. I love it. Man, what a great heart you guys have. I'm so thankful for your ministry and what God is doing. Uh, I know we ha- I have to get close this down so I can get you to your next session. <laughs> but uh, before we do that, I-, I think it would be a treasure. There are some people who are listening right now. I can guarantee you there are some wives out there who are like, I have been in her seat. And I know what it's like to try and lift his arms up or to make sure he can find his socks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to do this ministry. And there, there are guys like you who are going, how do I get in the community? I know I'm bivo, but how do I get both halves of my life to reflect this ministry? I want to just ask if the two of you could take turns and voice a closing prayer for all those who are listening and they identify with your story. A prayer to encourage, a prayer to guide. Uh, if you would just pray for the men and you would pray for the ladies yeah. and then we'll close up. I'd love it if you'd do that. Would Absolutely. you do that for us? You want to start? Yeah, of course. Dear God, um, we're just so thankful, Lord, for all that you're doing, that you have not given up on us as a people and that you are still here with us um, so that we can make your name not ignorable wherever we are. Um, I just pray this morning, I lift up all the pastor's wives, father and their families. Um, the, the, <clears throat> um, the days are long and the trials are hard. And I just ask for you to wrap each one of these women in your love and in your grace and in your mercy. And you give them the wisdom and the courage to stand up and support their husbands and to um, just do everything that you've called them to do. Lord, um, it's all for your glory. It's all about you. Um, we just get to be a part of it, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, just continue to be there to to give these women the peace and the rest and the comfort. Um, when they start doubting themselves, when they start listening to the lies and the schemes of the enemy, I just pray that you that you reassure them that um, that that your way is the way to go, um, that you are worth it, and that you are worthy, and all we do and all we have is only because of you. Um, Father, I just want to come before you now and just lift up all of the planters and the replanters, Lord, across this country, but especially the rural guys, the guys that are in tough spots and rural America, bivocational guys, inner city. Lord, we just know that this is a hard road that you have given us, Lord, but we know that it's it's not a road that we have to hoe on our own, that you are walking with us, that you go before us. Lord, it's your word that raises these dead bones back to life, or these dry bones. And so, Father, I just pray that you would strengthen these men, that you would encourage them, um, give them courage to follow your call, to follow wherever you would lead them, Lord, and to give them the faith and the the integrity to know that, that where you are leading them is for their best, and it is for your glory, Lord, and that if we would just follow you in that, Lord, that you have... 
um, so much in store for your people, not just in the lives um, of these pastors and their families, but in the lives that will be touched um, and, and changed um, because of their obedience. Father, we just ask that you would give them grace and that you would give them patience, help them to love their wives well and their children well, minister to their families, Lord. Remind us all that our first priority is to our homes, Lord, and then to our churches. It is so easy for us to fall into the temptation of serving our churches more than we serve our families. So, Lord, I just ask that you would protect these men from that, Lord, that you would protect all of us, including myself, Lord, from falling and disgracing your name and your church, Lord. Keep us holy men. Help us to imitate you as we are preaching your word to the congregation. Give us the type of lives that we can then look, just like Paul said, and ask them to imitate us as we imitate you, Father. We just ask that you would help us to walk in that, truly. Um, and Father, just once again, protect, protect all of these families. Provide for them. Um, overcome their fears and their anxieties, because we know that there is some. Um, and in the division and the struggle, um, Lord, just give them peace and know that you are, you are God. Help us to be still and know that you are God. We love you, Father, and we pray all of these things for the goodness, or the goodness of your people and the greatness of your glory. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen and amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, two things before we, we let you go. But uh, first, I heard you say, Brandy, in the prayer, and it, I think it's one of the taglines of your church about being non-ignorable. What is that? Want to answer? No. Yeah, that's, that's so that is actually um, what our vision statement. We want to make Jesus non-ignorable in Loop City into the ends of the earth. I, I don't know if you know, but the fact that you used a term non-ignorable makes it non-ignorable. I, I love that's a great tactic right there. You got to remember that. And if any of these guys wanted to reach out and get in touch with you, maybe to encourage you or be encouraged by you, is there a way they can do that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you could reach me on our website, which is um, calvaryloopcity.org, or you could email me directly, um, which is Durham, D-U-R-H-A-M, um, at thecalvary.org. Awesome. And just so you know, Loop City isn't L-O-O-P. Yeah, good point. Actually, yeah, it's L-O-U-P. There you go. So if you're looking for Loop City, you got to spell it right. That's right. <laughs> well, we are so thankful that you were willing to spend time with us. What an incredible blessing to have you here. And congratulations on modeling well what we know needs to be done. Many blessings to you guys. And we'll see you all again real soon on another episode of the Rural Pastor Podcast. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. To that church on the corner of that forgotten little town with a room of empty peers where his love can still be found. You may never know of all the seeds you sow. It just takes one willing soul to make Thank you for joining us on the Rural Pastor Podcast. Special thanks to Chosen Road for our incredible theme music and to 180 Digital for their corporate sponsorship and making all the technical things possible. Rural Church Leader, we want to remind you that your work is important, that you are important, and that you are not alone. See you again soon for another edition of the Rural Pastor Podcast.